the Adonis audio experience. Welcome, everyone. You're joined by Adonis and Jose Manuel. How's everyone doing today? Jose, what's up, brother? Hey, brother. Good morning. How are you? Cold as hell. I'm talking about it's a cold we haven't seen in a while. 10 degree weather. How cold is it your way? No, it's freezing. It is absolutely freezing. It was like, I think my car said like 15 degrees last night when I just went to my buddy's house for a little bit. It's... 15 nah, we don't need this it's got to get back you know get back in the mid-20s at least oh my god right it's like you walk outside it's colder outside than it is a freezer you can technically be inside of a freezer and be warmer than outside that is yeah no this is like some buffalo weather i don't we're not ready for this no no we're not wow you know but Jumping right into it, um, this week, people have seen throughout the news the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death on January 26, 2020. Um, We also remember that his daughter was on that chopper, and there were seven others uh, in that chopper as well that passed away. Rest in peace to them, of course. And getting into the one-year anniversary with Kobe, uh, you know, it... It's just, it's one of those moments, Jose, where you're just like, where were you when that happened? Right? Do you remember? Yeah. No, I remember like it was yesterday. It, you know, it was a Sunday. You know, everybody's just, it was a Sunday. I was leaving church, you know, with our dad and our sister. And I look at my phone and I have like, like 35 text messages. And it was like, you know, it's, you know, it was like a member of the family had passed, you know, when everybody's like, yo, Kobe died, yo, Kobe died. And I was like, what? And, and, you know, we went to a restaurant right after for lunch, and it was on CNN. It wasn't like it was on ESPN. It was on CNN, breaking news, like what had happened. Mm. And it was just, I mean, just what a gut punch. It was surreal. You were hoping it wasn't real, but, I mean, at the end, you kind of, so it was like, well, it's, it's, it's the truth. But it was, it was just insane. You know, it'll be like, honestly, to me, the, the only other thing I feel like I lived through with that was sort of like when Michael Jackson passed. 2009 yeah. but um yeah it was i mean just insane yeah i mean just a tragic tragic day um i mean i remember just i was actually you know at the lounge and i was i remember it happening and then we just all getting news hey you know turn on to, to this station we look at it and it's like man kobe's dead like it was just surreal and little did we know that it was just going to be a chain reaction of events that was going to be an overall surreal experience for 2020. But without getting too into that, I did want to read some of the thoughts uh, throughout the league with the players. Um, uh, one with Paul Gasol. I mean, he writes on uh, on Insta Instagram, that is, I miss you, Edmano. Not a day goes by where you're not present in what I do. That's, you know, I mean, obviously he put a whole thought and paragraph into that, but that was just, uh, you know, just shows how much he, he and, um, and Paul Gasol had such a relationship, you know, Chris Paul also sharing his thoughts, you know, miss you guys, you know, with the, uh, the prayer symbol and, uh, Allen Iverson, long live Mamba. I miss you, bro. Just people showing a lot of love and respect 
and even Irvin Magic Johnson, the legend. Uh, Kobe will always be my uh, Laker for life, brother. Of course, Magic promoting the brand, right? <laughs> yeah, always. But but obviously in a very serious light with Kobe. But then I read some funny stuff where it's like Steph Curry was was saying, I got switched on to Kobe in an ISO situation. And this was during his rookie year. He was like, I'm a scrawny 170-pound rookie. And the look Kobe gave me was so damn disrespectful. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, I how dare one, you? <laughs> I, I remember one. I don't know if it was a meme or not, but I was I was looking at uh, Dwayne Wade. I think Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose in an all-star game. And like Wade went to go to apologize to him, and he's like, ah, don't worry about it. I love it. <laughs> it was, it was just, you know, it's like that Mamba mentality of his. Mamba, wow. And then uh, Bradley Beal, he writes, Kobe hissed like an actual snake. <laughs> Whenever right. he wanted the ball, he would actually make a hissing sound. And it threw him way off, that being Bradley Beal. That's funny, right? It's like when you take on this alter ego, it's almost like you become that. And Kobe obviously was the snake. So the fact that he was hissing <laughs> on the court just shows you how Kobe took it so serious, man. Just being no, that. that's why he was a killer. I thought that he was, you know, he was, that was why he was, you know, one of the top three, at least, I've seen in my life, you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously LeBron, uh, was really inspired by by Kobe just being a kid who came from high school into the league. I mean, Kobe, uh, LeBron just stating here that he was just in awe uh, of Kobe. Um, it's a guy that he would tape on his wall where he lived in his apartment in, uh, back in those Cleveland days or rather those Akron, Ohio days. So it just amazing. So many people Kobe touched. Rest in peace, uh, to Kobe Bryant and obviously the Bryant family and to the seven others who are part of that tragic, tragic moment in history. And moving along, we got some more lighter news, some, you know, some some good news for a New York football team, Jose. And who's that team, man? Now the New York Jets, the New York Jets making a first step into what is Building this thing outright, hopefully, for our Jet fan friends. Uh, you know, hiring Robert Sala as their coach, the first Muslim head coach, you know, ever drafted in the league. Now, I'm a big fan of this hire. Uh, you know, he was San Francisco's DC. You know, he's that he's that, you know, really really muscular bald guy you always see going nuts on the sideline. Unique <laughs> coaching style. You don't really normally see coaches kind of, you know, losing it to the level that he looks like he's losing it on the sideline. But everybody swears by him, all his players. Richard Sherman, a guy that's going to end up in the Hall of Fame one day, you know, really advocating for him to get a job last year. But, um, you know, he, he gets that opportunity this year. I think I think the move I think the move is a home run. They just have a long way to go in building this thing outright. But it's about being on the same page from owner to GM to coach. I... You know, I pray for our Jet fan friends that they finally have that right. Not, you know, not, and now it's you know moving on to the draft. It's about you know if they end up with Deshaun Watson or not. That's a 
That's a big deal. I think you have to build this through the draft with the number two pick and moving forward and keeping Sam Darnold. But I'm a big fan of Robert Sala. I, you're going to see a, a dramatic improvement in, in the way they play next year. They're going to be crisper. They're going to be so much better on defense. It might not translate to that many more wins. You got to give it a little bit of time. But I, I think it's a home run move for the Jets. And that's you mentioned a great point. And, like, there's going to be a honeymoon period. Uh, you know, it almost seems like the the Jet fan base never liked Adam Gaze. And and obviously, you didn't see any results on the field translate. With Robert Sala, you're right. It feels like you're going to have a more, uh, a, a tougher team, a better organized team. And, you know, they're just going to have to get all these pieces together. The part that I like about Robert Sala is that he likes the quarterback which is great. I was looking at Jet fans this season. I'm like, man, you guys are so quick to turn over Sam Darnold. That's your problem. You know what I mean? It's like, it takes a whole team. We've seen team with bad quarterbacks make it, you know, into deep into the playoffs and even the Super Bowl. So it's like, how could this all be on Sam Darnold's shoulders? Having a, a Robert Sala um, in the mix, it, I think it, it, it might help them out. So hopefully they, they find, uh, you know, what they need to build foundationally with the team through the draft. But the other point, and obviously, you know, I had to make this as a Nick point, <laughs> is that I feel like New York sports is finally getting the right dudes like shit. You know, the Knicks got Thibodeau, hard nosed dude. The Jets got Sala, hard nosed dude. You know, I mean, even the Mets, they got the big bank roller and Cohen. You know, it's like New York is is becoming the renaissance kind of what Boston was doing sadly for me at least right in the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, does it feel that way? I you know, I agree with you. This is, New York has been through some really sports-wise. This it has not been easy. You know, all you really have for competent franchises in the last 5 years is the Yankees and they just haven't been able to break through and win. Mm-hmm. But the Giants, the Giants actually have a worse record than the Jets in the last 5 years. And and now it seems like they also righted the ship with their with their coaching hire. No, I, I feel I, I I agree with you. I think that this is now something to to turn over. I, I mean I can't imagine it. You know, if this thing is finally over, this pandemic, and we could get I could just envision like the Knicks in the finals and the Jets in the Super Bowl. And like this city would go insane. Insane. You know, you know these Jet fans, there's not as many Jet fans as there are Giant fans, but they're starved and they're passionate. You put them if they're ever in a Super Bowl, oh my god, it would just I know I have like five or six friends. They wouldn't sleep for a week. <laughs> it would be amazing yeah. and good for sports to see it. And moving things along into baseball, and I know it's the winner, but usually this is where you start getting a little excited about the spring classic, just looking ahead as far as like the diehards out there, right? Um, but what recently uh, passed was the Baseball Hall of Fame. For 2021, and the inductees were Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Clemens, and they didn't get enough of a share of vote to get voted in. And this is the first time in a while. It's happened before. Don't get me wrong. It's happened before, but where no one gets in, and it's just that that looming black eye in baseball of guys who have been accused of cheating who may be cheated, but are we taking it a little too far? I mean, what what do we do now? Because, I mean, Bonds was like player of the decade 
Clemens has got more Cy Youngs than anybody in history, and Kurt Schilling has had one of the greatest clutch performances that anyone will ever witness, at least in our lifetime. So what does baseball do with that? So, you know, there's a couple of layers to this. So Schilling's kind of out on his own. Schilling's not getting in because nobody likes him. Because <laughs> Schilling might be a jerk. I really don't know. He's had some, I don't even want to, um, some like alt-right, like, um, you know, uh, the support that he's put out there. That's the reason that that's the reason that ESPN fired him. Because if you say ridiculous things about Trump, you're good. But if you say ridiculous things about Obama, they're gonna fire you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of and that's why he 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 got let go a number of years back. You know, personally, I just think we should stick to baseball. He's not a criminal. Christian didn't do anything wrong. We're not talking about O.J. Simpson here, who's in the Hall of Fame, by the way. So I, but you know, he was he was 16 votes shy. It wasn't like nobody voted for him. But there's just enough people out there that don't like him or, you know, I don't, he's not a slam dunk choice because, you know, if he had Clemens' resume without yeah. the drugs, you can't put, you got to put him in yeah. even if he's, even if he's given the, the speech, you know, in a KKK hoodie, but, you know, but, um, but, you know, all jokes aside, that's reason he's borderline. He is borderline. In my heart, he belongs in as well. But all the other stuff just gave people enough ammunition. The, the clutch performances, I feel, put him in. He don't got the overall wins of some of the other guys. But yeah. in today's era, no one's getting those wins. You got to judge it differently. And I think Kurt Schilling is, if anything, he's the wave of guys that that's what we're going to see in the future. No one's winning 300. So we need to pick other things. And Kurt Schilling's clutch performances, in my opinion, put him in. Even though I can't, I don't like the guy, you know, and, and, and oh. in my opinion, he's a Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I love him. Thanks a lot for 2004. And thank you for 2001, too. Because yeah. even though I'm not a Diamondbacks fan, yeah. to break the Yanks, to break the heart of Yankee fans, I'm always in for it. And, you know, so being he, the hater you are, that that makes sense. 110%. 110%. <laughs> I, so, you know, to put the shilling part to bed, I think you should get in. He asked to be. He requested to be taken off the ballot next year. They're not going to do that. They're not going to let him. He was getting upset. You know, he said what he said. Take me off the ballot, and hopefully the veterans committee, in some time, can put him in. I think that's going to happen to all of these guys. Now moving along to Bonds and Clemens, and even some of the other state guys, like some like somebody like Manny, who's my favorite player of all time, got 25% of the vote. They're not going to get in. Then um. With Bonds and Clemens, it's not even a failed test, but there's just all the suspicion. Yeah. They got about, they almost got the exact number of votes. I believe Bonds had one more vote than him, 248 to mm-hmm. 247. They had about 61% of the vote. Next year is their last year on the ballot, and then they fall off, and it can be taken off to the, to the Veterans Committee. I think baseball needs to decide what they want to do here, maybe add a steroid wing or something. If you've ever been to Cooperstown, if you've ever been to Cooperstown, you know, the museum is one part with all the plaques. And then there's the other building that has, like, it tells the story of baseball. Pete Rose is all over that place. Bonds is all over that place. It's not like they ignore them. They just don't get their, they just don't get their speech and their day in the summer. Correct. It's politicized. It's, yeah. I think you're going to have to let these guys in. You're going to have, like, this 20-year gap of all these insane, of all these insane performances when, when, you know, when Albert Pujols is climbing up the home run list and he passes and he passes Ortiz and then he passes Manny, 
you know, and he's maybe fortunate enough to hopefully pass A-Rod if he stays this year. And you're a little kid trying to learn the game, and you're like, this guy's got 700 home runs, and he's not in the Hall of Fame? Why not? It's, you're, I think you're doing more harm than good to your sport. I think you need to acknowledge what went on, because they let it happen. They could all pretend like they didn't care. They let it happen, and they were all making the money hand over fist, summer in 98, and all that. They needed it to happen to that point. They needed it to happen. I fell in love with baseball that year with the with the with the race. I was eight years old and I didn't know any better. And I didn't really care that much. And we're talking about players that no one's ever going to see again at this talent level. No one's ever going to see what Manny did. No one again for a very long, pretty long time. We see it. We see it with maybe one or two players, but no one's going to hit like Manny where you have that kind of average, that kind of power. No one's going to do what A-Rod was doing with that kind of average, that kind of power. Bonds was the player of the decade before he, his head blew up. So Bonds had two careers. He had a juice career and he had skinny Bonds all natural career. And as skinny yeah. Bonds all natural, he's a Hall of Famer. So he's still a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pirate, skinny ass Bonds is a uh, Hall of Famer. It's ridiculous. I, and Roger Clemens, all right, but he won seven Cy Youngs. Yeah, and he's a jerk that nobody likes either. Nobody likes Clemens. You know, that's why they kept Albert Bell out of the Hall of Fame. But Albert Bell falls on falls in you know in the shilling category correct where you could keep him out if you want but his yeah. numbers are that great but he only played 12 years correct you know not to you know go off on a tangent this is about the other guys yeah next year next year a-rod and ortiz it's their first year on their ballot as is clemens and, and a-rod and uh bonds is last mm-hmm. i'm eager to see what happens with ortiz because ortiz is the one guy that don't he's only got the one failed test from that from that survey that was supposed to remain anonymous and then nothing ever came out out of it. He's the one guy. I wonder if he gets in because nobody with any suspicion has ever gotten in. Even though, I mean, Correct. in my heart, there's definitely somebody in the Hall of Fame that, that well, took steroids. They, I they, also they, think. Yeah, I also think that to your point, you know, Ortiz is that borderline. I think he should go in too, just because of his performances. I feel like no one's ever ever going to see that level of of dominance in a short window. A couple things he has against him, he didn't play a position, you know, as a DH, it's like, you know, how much value do you hold that to? But the results he got out of it and then the numbers and everything else, it's crazy not to put him in. The speculation hurts him. But A-Rod, I think A-Rod has been building up his public profile so almost solid, like rock solid, that they're going to have a hard time not putting A-Rod in. And I think doing that, may open the door for these other guys to get in. Because I think A-Rod is the biggest celebrity in the room that if he, I think it's hard to deny him to get in given his celebrity. What'd you think about that? You know, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. And once you let them, once you let one in, you open the doors by, so you just gotta let them all in. And I hope they do. It would be, I would be a little, I'd be, I'd be upset. I'd be upset and disappointed if they let Alex in and, and, and Bonds and Clemens fall off the ballot next year, and they yeah. don't get in because they're all guilty. Yeah. So, you know, and one's not better than the other. And with all due respect to Alex, who is the second best player on that group, but Bonds is the first. That guy did things that were just unprecedented, incredible. Yeah. You, you know, insane. So yeah. You're right. You're right. Arod is the biggest name on that. You know, with um, with like you know, like this second career he's having, he's like a bigger name than ever. Yeah. But I would be disappointed, yeah. and it would. It would be, I would be wrong, honestly, if he got in and the other guys didn't. They would be able to get into the Veterans Committee afterwards. 
but you know, it shouldn't. You know, they should all just go in together. I think that should. I think that's the way they should do it. On their, maybe because some some writers, they change their tune. It's almost like they want to just mess with you. It's almost like they want to play with you. When it's your last year on the ballot, a whole bunch of extra guys vote for you that that didn't. Larry mm. Walker just got into the Hall of Fame this uh, last year with Jeter. That's going to be the class that gets inducted this year. Mm. His first year on the ballot, he had like 13, 12% or something. Like his numbers never changed. But, you know, you know the story started growing, you know. And it's a powerful emotion, you know. Oh, I like Larry Walker and stuff like that. Larry Walker, in my humble opinion, isn't a Hall of Famer, but he was a good enough player and a, had a long enough career. And that's how, th- you know, that's how things happen. But I do think Alex should get in and Alex will get in. Mm. I agree with you there. Fair enough. And now getting to the juicy part of the segment, why we're even excited, how we started this, talking about the weekend before the storm, the calm before the storm. And Jose, what's that? Super Bowl 55. Oh, man. So, man, there's so much to cover here. Jose, kick us off at the top, man. What? People talk about this Brady, Mahomes, everything else. What are the what are the things we need to be worried about? And because I feel like with, with Super Bowl weekend and, and all these two weeks leading up to it, the media is just having so much fun with this, creating so many different narratives. But but where do we start? I don't even know, man. Yeah, this is such a well. It's a very you know odd Super Bowl with the COVID. Kansas City is not traveling to the game until the day before. They're basically treating it like a regular away game, which honestly, as somebody that will be rooting and wagering on Kansas City, I love. Because all the distractions, all the nonsense, they get to avoid it all. You know, they don't have to, there's no there's no engagements, there's no media day, that's all going to be virtual. Um, Tampa Bay, being in the unique position of being the only team to ever play in their home stadium, it's cool. It's neat. People like to talk about it. I don't really think it does anything. I mean, listen, you get to sleep in your own bed. That's nice. God bless you. Probably the probably two days before the game, they'll stay in a hotel anyway because for regular home games in the NFL, you stay in a hotel the night before. The, the, the night before, regardless. Uh, you know, good. I mean, kudos to Tampa. They, you know, Brady hasn't been great. That's why I keep laughing at all this goat crap. But they keep winning. They keep winning. They. They just did enough to win. I was a little disappointed in Green Bay. I thought Green Bay left a lot out on the field last week. But, you know, I digress. We move on. You know, this is a rematch from earlier this year. Kansas City played played Tampa Bay. And Kansas City played the most incredible first half. Tyreek Hill had over 250 yards receiving in the first half. It was insane. I believe it was 27-10 to 10 at half. And then they kind of coasted. And the game at the 27-24, making it a closer game than it appeared. I do, you know, Kansas City Kansas City did lose their left tackle last week. That could be a hindrance. But if they can get that fixed and rectified, I do kind of see a, uh, a repeat performance of the first game happening. And I think Kansas City is going to be a little bit too much for them. Hmm. And getting into the more kind of drama parts of it, uh, Patrick Mahomes is is quoted to, in saying to go up against one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time in his 150th Super Bowl is going to be a great experience. And I'm just like, that's 
that's amazing. It's a passing of the old guard. Some people say this is like when it would be the equivalent of watching Jordan and LeBron play each other where Jordan was at the tail end and then LeBron was a, a young version. And you see that force with LeBron and some and, and, and between LeBron and Jordan and, and his skill sets. But some get a little even more hysterical with this stuff because I think Patrick Mahomes is just way too young to be worried about goat conversation. And I think that we need to put that to bed. I think it's okay for those who feel that Brady is the GOAT. Go ahead. He's got the accolades. He's got the wins. He has six Super Bowls, equal to the most that any franchise has ever had. If he gets seven Super Bowls, he would officially have more Super Bowls than any other one singular franchise, and he's doing it with a whole new coach, whole new system, whole new everything to to, to his credit. He said, hey, I could win without Bill, right? And now he's at the dance, but you know... I don't know where I went with that rant, but I guess the point I want to make is that Patrick Mahomes, just worry about being you. You know, I don't think win or lose this game is going to define your career. People are trying to make it seem that in order for Patrick Mahomes to be considered the GOAT, he has to win this game plus equal six or better Super Bowls in order to be at that level. And we need to stop creating GOAT-like status just purely based on the number of Super Bowls you win because I think that's a mistake. That's my biggest that's my biggest argument for Brady not being the GOAT anyway. Like, listen, if, if you're telling me you're just counting rings, then fine. We got nothing to talk about. But he's been – I'm going to go with Brady first, then we'll get into Mahomes. Brady has been – listen, his longevity is unprecedented. You, forget, I mean, he's 43 years old. Yesterday, one of my childhood quarterbacks, one of my – the quarterback I um I grew up rooting for, Dante Culpepper, my, my, you know, my beloved Minnesota Vikings, his 44th birthday was this week. Dante Culpepper's been retired for like a decade. He's a year older than Brady. Mm. Like, that's insane. So, I listen, his his longevity is unprecedented. He's been fortunate enough, and he takes care of his body meticulously to be able to stay, you know, to, to be, stay around and play the game at this level. Now, you can see his game has regressed a little bit. But, like, if, if we just, I guess we're just going to count rings. Listen, that Brady-Belichick thing, that was a comet across the sky. The amount of things that needed to come together. You know, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to have one coach for 20 years. Andy Reid's just too old. Like, that can't happen. Um, that division being historically bad during their run, the Dolphins and the Bills being atrocious basically the entire time, and the Jets having a couple of rainy days in the sun. So New England, ran, New England won 18 out of 19 division titles. You're always getting home playoff games. The confluence of events that have to take place for that dynasty to get built that's just never going to happen again Patrick Mahomes there's like a 3% chance he ends up with the same amount of rings as, as Brady if that's what you're looking for it's not going to happen it's not going it's just not going to happen he's already got you take a look at the uh, he's already got Justin Herbert in his own division who looks like a beast you know you don't you don't win a lot of, you don't make a living of winning a lot of playoff games on the road. You go on the road when you have to a little bit. But you know, if, if San Diego, if the Chargers get their get their um, you know, their their act together, he's gonna he's not gonna have the same you know, free ride to the division that Brady had all these years. Like I just people need to take that into account when you think about the success, the longevity, everything that they had, you know, it's too much. Listen, take it for what it's worth. Uh at the end of the day, when Brady won his first Super Bowl, he threw for like 200 
measly yards, no touchdowns, and the defense won in the game. And that was a that was a playoff run that was all filled with controversy with the whole tuck rule and this and that. Like his playoff win, his first initial playoff win, Tom Brady, that is, was more one off of circumstance and 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 general rule book like translations than it was of just on the field sheer dominance. And the thing is, Patrick Mahomes in his first Super Bowl victory has shown you that here is he is clear cut the most dominant force on the field when he won it. And the fact is Brady wasn't that. But he has shown that longevity can also be a, a piece to the argument. But as far as sheer dominance, Brady's never had that not in the sense that Patrick Mahomes will do to the league, and then we'll decide it from there. But but th- that was my own personal antidote to that shit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I just I'll just drop this last Brady part. You know, he's now been a quarterback for 21 years, and if he's your goat, if he's everybody's goat, you would imagine he would have the most regular season MVPs, but he doesn't. That's Peyton Manning. You would imagine he would have the most seasons finished at you know first team All Pro. But he doesn't. That's Peyton Manning again with an unprecedented seven seasons finished first first team all pro. I believe Brady's got three. But I don't we should have to count some of that. It's hard to win. It's hard. It's you know, and listen, I understand it. I sound a little bit like a hater right here. He won two Super Bowls that I can't explain what the hell the other team was doing. It's like God got involved in the game because I still don't know what the hell Seattle was doing. Six years later, I don't know what the hell Seattle was doing. They should have never lost that game ever in a million years. Atlanta, even worse. But it's over. What are you going to do? They won those games. But I feel like put yourself in the shoes of the fan of one of those teams, and you're not going to sit there and you're going to tell me that Brady's the GOAT. You're going to sit there and tell me, no, we had incompetent morons on the other side, on the other sideline. Which you did. Hmm. That's it. Now, with Mahomes, he's off to as brilliant a start to a career as you can have. You know, winning the MVP in his first year. And honestly, with Brady again at the forefront of that game, should have won that game and should have went to the Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. But, you know, in a classic game. Then last year, they finally won the Super Bowl. And this year, they're here again. You know, he's, he's, I mean, that is, that looks. So made that looks so right, you know. He that team was just that combination was perfect with Andy Reid, with the weapons. I love it. I you know, they're going to be at the top of the mountain for a while here, but you know it's just they talked a lot after they won that that Super Bowl. They want to be a dynasty. If they want to be a dynasty, you got to win this game because it's just going to get harder and harder to get back. You know, one of these years, Baltimore's in, Baltimore's going to crack through. Indianapolis is going to crack through. Like, these are teams that have Super Bowl rosters. You can't just, you know, don't keep thinking you're going to get back. When you get here, you got to finish the deal. Mm. That's what Brady did. Brady got here, he finished the deal. But, yes, we got to take time. We got to give Mahomes some time. Like, please, can we not bring up this goat crap until he's at least on the other side of 30? Mm. You know, a a career-ending injury, anything could happen. Knock on wood, you know, God forbid. But, yes, I think it's way too premature to be talking goat stuff with Mahomes. But if he wins this game and he's got two rings before he's 26 and an MVP, that's a hell of a start. You know, that's what you want. That's the start that Brady got off to. So, you know, I'll be, mm. you know, that is a hunt and that is sure what I'll be, what I'll be rooting for next Sunday. Yeah. And to play devil's advocate, of course we have to, uh, yeah. 
let's look at this from the Brady narrative, right? You're playing in your 10th Super Bowl. And if you beat Patrick Mahomes in your 10th Super Bowl at the age of 43, is the argument for Brady, hey, man, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And you know what? I finished. I showed you I could win without Belichick. I showed you I could do it in my first year in a new team, in a new system. Say what you will. But if Brady wins on Sunday, Super Bowl 55, beating Patrick Mahomes, the young and hungry lion, what does that make Brady? I'll say this. With everything I just said, and I don't like Brady, and I'm not a fan, and you can call me a hater. If he wins on Sunday, I'm really going to be out of bullets at this point because he's going to have seven. He's going to have one on another team. He can really stick it to Belichick. And honestly, if I'm Brady at that point, I just drop the mic and retire because what are you coming back for? Because I, you see the holes in his game. He doesn't want to be looking like Drew Brees that did at the end of this year. Mm. Retire a year early. You're fine. You're 43. You got everything. If they win this game, walk out to the sunset, tip your hat, and I'm going to lose that argument at that point. I've I've kind of surrendered it already. It's you know, it's always going to be what I believe. I'm still going to believe it. But sure. if they win next Sunday, I mean, seven Super Bowls. You know, God bless them. That would be, that would be insane. I just hope that Kansas City doesn't do some stupid mind numbing, you know, decision making like Green Bay gave me last week. Just play the game straight up and do what you're doing. If it doesn't work mm. out, you know, tip your hat and move on. Mm. Man, fair points. As you can see, everybody, this is hard to do. So much to talk about. So much to go over. Leading up to Super Bowl 55 next week, Sunday. So we got a break from it this weekend. Hopefully you're watching some NBA. And just to close it out, I did want to have some like fun NBA talk uh, with us. And um, I did see something on, on Instagram where... They, they, I guess Hoops released this where they said the four most influential players in the last 30 years. And the way they broke it down was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Steph Curry. Man, that's a hard list to disagree, but there's some clear people we're leaving out. One that came to mind almost immediately, well, two. And then, Jose, please. Uh, For me, it was Kevin Durant and Shaq. Those are the two that just jumped right away. Yeah, I was thinking Shaq, too. I was thinking Shaq. I mean, it's it's hard. Influential is different than, than like, than, you know, than the top four that, you know, um, impactful. Honestly, on influential, you could have put, you could put Yao Ming on that list because we're just talking about growing the game, mm. things like that. But yeah, I mean, Shaq was the one I was I was thinking. You know, they put Steph on there because it's funny. Like ten years ago, the amount of threes people used to take compared to what compared to the you know the amount of threes they take now. Yeah, it's changed the game. Honestly, how about James Harden? Mm. You know he you know he brought the the Euro step that you know you want to call it a travel or whatever. He's the one that really perfected that the step back three. You know, you're gonna get, you're gonna see in the next generation the amount of guys that you know copied his, you know copied his his game, like it or not. 
you know, it's a hard list. It's a hard list. With Jordan and Kobe, you can't mm-hmm. – it's hard to disagree, you know, but it's it's a tough list. Mm. Those are really good points, man. Anyway, people, that's something for you to ponder upon as you get into your discussions this weekend, your Zoom calls, your phone calls, uh, however you're communicating with people during this pandemic. Hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And hey, until next time, everybody, peace out.